Welcome in lacrosse fans to the Utah Lax Report podcast. I'm your host, Tim Haslam. This week's episode features an interview with Adam Gittleman. Gitz, as I commonly call him, wears many hats in the lacrosse community and does a bunch of different things, and we hit on all of them. It's very exciting. There's so much great information in this episode. I really hope you give it a listen, and I really hope you enjoy. As always, the Utah Lax Report podcast is sponsored by GroupSpot. Whether you're an organized high school team, a casual group of friends playing pickup, or a fully supported booster club, GroupSpot brings the team together like never before. Elevate your game and get to the finish ahead of the competition with GroupSpot. You can learn more about GroupSpot by going to groupspot.app slash sports-teams. Welcome to the show, Gitz. How are you? Doing great. Uh, just got back from a morning workout, getting prepared for the PLL, coming uh, around the corner here, training camp at the end of May. So really ramping up that part of my focus here and glad to be Getting back home and conversation with you, always always uh, a wonderful thing to, to talk lacrosse with you, Tim. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, great to talk to you as well. We've done a couple of these podcasts and, and uh, just excited to talk about. The, the, the thing is, Gitz, is you keep doing all these new things. And so we always have new stuff to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, been lucky to have, um, you know, over the past few years, being out here in Utah and being a part of the... Utah men's lacrosse program. It was it was really something that spurred on, uh, you know, an, an entrepreneurial uh, person inside of me. And um, you know, over the past few years, I've been working on a number of projects that I've been afforded a little more time to to really focus on over the past few months. So uh, excited to to get into some of that stuff with you. Definitely, and and we'll hit on all of that as we progress through this podcast. I wanted to touch just briefly on your history. You know, like I like I said, we'll point people to sort of the longer podcast to talk about, you know, growing up in New York and, and your recruiting experience and all of that. But grew up on Long Island, Cold Spring Harbor, played at Cold Spring Harbor High School, then went on to play collegiately at the University of Virginia. And and you were part of that 2011 championship team, which I saw just had a reunion. Is that right? Yeah, it was our uh, 10 slash 11 year reunion, uh, given that. COVID and the pandemic kind of halted travel. Uh, last year would have been right on the dot for 10, but lucky enough to, to be able to get back down to Charlottesville. And uh, what an amazing experience to just see all my teammates. And they had the, the 72 team there as well. So to get to get to meet a lot of those players that set the foundation for the tradition at Virginia and, you know, be able to see a game live and not be involved with it, you know, not, not be on the <laughs> sidelines and, you just be able to sit back and relax and enjoy the game and just wholeheartedly root for Virginia. A great experience. Be back on Klockner and just in Charlottesville in general, just, just an amazing college town. And, you know, brought me back feeling like I was 22 again. You know, it was, it's a great, great feeling and very nostalgic to be back on your campus and good to be back there with some of my closest friends. And it was awesome. Absolutely. And like you said, just a great college town. You know, I was fortunate enough to come with the, the Utah team that first year and just awesome. Just an awesome place. You know, great, great lacrosse tradition, obviously. Just super fun. After college, you went and coached at a couple different places, notably Harvard. And then you, you came out west and, and were at USC for a time uh, while also working with Shrinking. And then obviously what you did at Utah is awesome, setting the foundation there. What, what stands out to you from you know, just be from those points until now, you know, from, from the time you're in high school till the time today, what, what are some of the trends maybe that you notice in the lacrosse world that, that really make you proud? 
you know, I think we can we can all look at the game of lacrosse and and be proud of, of its growth over over the past number of years, both on the boys and girls side. Uh, men's and women's lacrosse has, has continued continued to explode across the country. And you know, I think having the experience to one right after college to coaching world is is something that I'll always be extremely thankful for you know you play the game and you know especially as a goalie I, I think you have this very macro view of of the sport uh, I think you understand a little bit more maybe than under other positions how certain things impact the game because usually if it's if it's impacting in a, in a positive way your team is probably moving from defense to offense and picking up ground balls in the middle of the field and scoring goals and and when not you're probably you know turning the ball over in certain situations and it's coming back to you at the goalie and two completely different feelings and to go into collegiate coaching I was so thankful because you realize how much you don't know you know and, and to become an educator and to have to teach the game at a really high level right off the bat really challenged me to to learn the sport at a whole nother level uh, to understand the the nuances of defense and offense and even clearing and riding, you know, something that maybe I, I took for granted just, just because it was something that I felt comfortable doing. Uh, but then to be able to teach the sport and become more effective as an educator was, was something that really helped me, uh, really helped me as a player as well. And you know, that sort of set my, set my path towards, towards what I wanted to do moving forward. Um, we finished up at, at Harvard. We'd, you know, we've done a great job of, of really pushing that culture forward. We won the Ivy League while I was there. And ultimately, my greatest motivation to, to expand the sport and help the sport grow and, and push westward and had the opportunity to, to move out to California was amazing, to, to be a head coach uh, at the MCLA level. You know, as many of the people who are probably listening to this, the the fate of a call from Brian Holman and our opportunity at Utah was, was something that was a dream come true to be able to, you know, create a program to bring lacrosse to the PAC 12, to bring it further West from Denver was something that was, was the perfect job project, you know, uh, has really just expanded my, my feelings towards helping the game grow and prosper and, ultimately at this point now has Utah home for me and state that you know, I, I'm pouring myself into now. And, and, you know, I think we'll touch on this a little bit more, but the growth in the state and the quality of the game going on in Utah, you know, you could speak to it better than anyone, but I feel like we're sort of entering a, a little bit of a golden age here since sanctioning and what we're seeing with the university of Utah and, the community and the fans. And, and then you got corner Canyon who's going out of state and doing a tremendous job against some of the top competition in the country. Really, really amazing. And very proud to see where the sport is, is lifting off to in the state of Utah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, now that you're not coaching at the collegiate level, I, I don't know if a lot of people maybe know or understand this, but you're able to now go to different programs and, and teach these different kids and, and all of these high schools and, and you and Will have been going out. I think, I think, uh, I think he told me you've been to what, 21 programs, 28 programs so far this season. Yeah. You know, I think we sort of lose track sometimes. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're almost out there 
every day, you know, whether there's two of us in the field together or we're at multiple programs at the same day, uh, that's been just an absolute blessing. Uh, we felt like, you know, when we were a club team, we, we, were, we were able to do that. Uh, when you're running a program and you're recruiting and you're coaching, uh, you know, 45, 50 kids, your, your time is a little more limited. So, you know, as tough as it, as it was to leave Utah, it also expanded our minds to how we can continue to help the sport grow and prosper here in Utah. And it's really been special, you know, meeting coaches, inspired coaches, players from all over the state, being able to drive through the amazing canyons and, and, you know, it's, it's amazing. We could drive all the way down to, you know, Syracuse and Westlake. We were just down um, in Cedar city last night. And, you know, it's about an hour and 15 minute drive and blink, you know, I'm, I'm driving through the Canyon from Heber city through Sundance and you pop out of those canyons. It's like, you know, it just makes you fall in love with the place even more, just being able to see more of the state and meet more of the people that are involved in the game. And, you know, that's, that's been really putting a huge smile on our face. Um, and we hope that we'll just continue to do it and see these programs continue to evolve and grow. Um, it's, it's, that's, you know, it, it starts, it starts with the youth and, and then to see that kind of, work its way over the past few years into kids starting to play, you know, junior varsity and varsity lacrosse, the town and the, and the, and the quality of, of the teams in the state continues to improve. And it's, it's really fun to see. Definitely. And, and I love following you guys on social media, trying to, trying to figure out where you guys are going to go next. <laughs> you know, it's exciting. And, and all of this under the Utah summit banner, you know, and, and so talk about two things there. One is, is the name change from Salt Lake Summit to, to Utah Summit, and then also the addition of the Utah Lynx team. Awesome. Well, originally, you know, when you are coaching college across, you are, you're bound by a 50-mile radius around the school in terms of the, type, the, the location of players that you can coach. So when we started Salt Lake Summit, we were, we were coaching three, four years ago. We started the program and we were based at the university. And so that 50 mile radius, you know, the, the furthest point was just about at Park City. Uh, you know, we, we were really centrally located around the school and in the Salt Lake City community. And, you know, when we had the opportunity to kind of break away from that, from that limitation, we felt like, you know, Utah Summit's going to be our new University of Utah. You know, we're going to look at this the same way. We're going to, you know, we're going to work the same way that we did at the university. We're going to coach our kids to the same values, the same, same skill sets that we were coaching our, our college players. And we felt like, you know what, it's, it's our time to really make our impact on the state. And we didn't want to be limited and looked as only sort of in the central area. We wanted to say, hey, you know, this is, this is going to be our state now to, to impact and continue to just be able to be out there and have people feel like our impact is, is across the whole state of Utah now. Um, so it feels good to say Utah Summit. I think it rolls off the tongue nice. And, again, you know, we're, we're looking to impact players all over the state, whether it's all the way up in northern Utah and Logan, you know, Brent, Adams, and Will. We're just all the way down to St. George. We're trying to touch every corner we can where there's lacrosse being played. We're, we're happy to be there and happy to impact uh, programs, coaches, players, where, wherever we can. Talking about 
the, the Utah Lynx addition to our program is something that we're extremely excited about. Uh, women's lacrosse, girls lacrosse in, in, in some areas is growing faster than even boys. And we've always sort of found that, you know, the girls game and the, and the men's game continues to, um, to immerse itself in terms of what girls are doing on the field is, is spectacular. Some of the top women's players right now, Charlotte North, you watch Sam Swart, you watch Bell Smith, great players, Jamie Ortega. They're utilizing skills that you learn from the men's game, whether it's dodging skills or, you know, the IQ, it's the athleticism component. Like if we could blend the guys coaching with the girls game and the rules, which we're still working our best at, at, at figuring out the nuances of, for, for sure, it's still going to be a learning curve there, but give a place where, where girls could have a consistent style and uh, really be pushed at a super high competitive level uh, for them opportunities to, to be recruited. All right. I feel like with our network, you know, from all the college coaches we know in the women's game to the tournament access that we'll be able to have for our players to showcases, et cetera, a great access for, for girls across the state to, to know that they can come play and train at an elite level and, and have the opportunities to, to connect to coaches that maybe they, they, they wouldn't have originally. And we're excited to offer those opportunities to girls around the state and, and can't wait to continue to, to grow that program. We'll start with just two teams. We felt like, let's just do this really, really well. Focus on these two groups uh, of girls and, and then maybe start working into some of the younger age groups as, you know, as I think that culture, girls across here in Utah starts to look at uh, doing the club training and, and going to tournaments uh, that level too. So we're really excited to, for our two teams this summer, we'll be competing uh, locally and also we'll be heading uh, to an IWLCA event where there should be a, a number of division one coaches to, to evaluate our girls this summer. So excited to put them out on the stage and coach them up this summer and continue to continue to help, uh, elevate the girls game in Utah. Definitely. And, there, and there's lots of talent uh, on the girls side here. You know, I, I'd have to look at the list, but I think last time I checked, you know, we, we put more division one girls in, or, you know, into the division one ranks, you know, part of that is because there's more division one teams, but just a great talent base here. And, and obviously a love for the game gets, if, if you were in the women's side and, and you're going up against Charlotte North on, on an eight meter shot or are you stopping her shot or is she getting past every time? <laughs> I personally think that, that, you know, like many other rules and positions, when there's been a player that dominant, they, they got to start thinking about an adjustment. And I, I think the Charlotte North rule would be to bring that eight meter mark back maybe a yard because she's just, she's completely, you know, changed the game by just being able to do it, execute a short crow hop and, and shoot the ball as hard as she does, you know, and, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't provide any time for any of those adjacent players, you know, crashing in up for the eight meter to even get to her because the shot's already off, you know, and I think she utilizes that to her advantage. Um, I'd, I'd watch a lot of film on her. I'd be ready for that near side, high, low to high shot from her. So <laughs> if she put it there, I'd be all over it anywhere else. It'd probably be 50, 50, I'd say. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's talk about 
you know, your play on the field, you know, the, the 2022 PLL schedule is out. Lots of great weekends. You know, the PLLs heading to a bunch of different new cities. Minneapolis comes to mind. Obviously, you'll be back in Salt Lake here in August. When you saw the schedule released, what, what sort of stood out to you? What cities were you very, very excited to get back to? Uh, you know, Salt Lake's number one. You know, after the end of the season last year, there's sort of a pain in me, you know, having, having played in front of the community here and, and it really not being a great performance individually and as a team. I'm really excited to get back to Salt Lake and, and have a great game and show all the boys and girls that we coach all the time that, that we're, we're the top of the game. And, you know, obviously going back to Long Island is always special. I get to see my family and, and play in front of some hometown friends and family back on Long Island. And, you know, like you said, some of the new locations, uh, Seattle's on the list. I, I love the Pacific Northwest. Go, you know, to, to Minneapolis, one of the greatest places to be during the summer. Uh, the weather there is always awesome. Again, you know, it's, 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 it's a really cool thing what the PLL has done with the, with the tour-based model. Uh, it's provided all these communities with, you know, a weekend that they can, they can circle. You know, it, it, it's not five weekends that they have to, to worry about. It's, it's one, you know, and you can really focus your calendar on it. And attendance has been great at, at all these events. And, you know, just to see how the game has progressed from, from a fan perspective. You got kids, you know, even at all these clinics we do out in Utah, you, you see PLL jerseys all over the place. And no matter where we go, there's, there's, there's people that love the sport. And it's it's cool to, to catalyze that by bringing, you know, prof the professional game into those areas. And Mike Rabel and Paul Rabel and the whole PLL uh, organization has done a tremendous job of, of offering opportunities to, to inspired communities such as Utah. And, you know, big shout out to the whole Utah community. You know, they don't have to come back, but, but they are, you know, and that's, that's because of, the environment that our fans created at these games, that, that the attendance that the fans brought to the games, you know, that's that's really that's really amazing to us that that we can talk about Utah with such confidence of the community and the fans and the people who love the game here. And again, it's only growing and it's only expanding. And really proud to to sit back and and sort of see that happening organically all all over the state of Utah. And again, you know. The weekend that circled for me is to be back here in Utah and, and really kick some butt in front of our fans and, and uh, the game. And that game will be August 12th or the 13th, you know, is back when the PLL is here. So obviously us fans will be excited for that. I, I'm just looking at the schedule here. It gets if, if you think about it this way, it goes Dallas, Denver, Salt Lake, Seattle. Like what a great swing of yeah. cities, right? <laughs> That's exciting. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's perfect, you know, and again, you know, I, I just think of myself as, as a West Coast lacrosse player now. Uh, my roots are, are thick on Long Island. I just, I feel like a representative of the sport out West and, you know, to be able to play games in, in that many locations that, this way, West of the Mississippi, I just think the exponential impact of the game and games being played in these areas is so important you know we always talk to our kids our young kids in summit and we always encourage them you know you have top 15 team in your backyard you've got the university of utah with with you know we were there this weekend it's it's one of the greatest across environments you could find anywhere 
top 10, top five tenants in the country. And for, for us as kids on Long Island, we had 10 places we could go for a game on a weekend. And to be able to go see the game live, to watch players and, and, and fall in love with a player, and that becomes sort of uh, the image of yourself, whether it be lacrosse or not, was one of the greatest impacts that I had as a young kid in love with the sport and, and really attacking it as, as a lifestyle for myself you know we talk to our kids a lot if you want to be great at lacrosse similar to a lot of other sports I think of you know snowboarding skiing surfing you know if you want it to be a hobby that's great you know and you could be good at it but if you want to be great if you want to go play d1 if you want to um, do all the all the high level things in our sport it's got to be sort of a lifestyle and to showcase the sport at the highest level to these kids is where a lot of that impact happens just purely by them being out there on, in the stands, watching the game and feeling the energy that, that the sport has that's unique to almost any other sport out there. So um, really thankful that one, we're bringing more games out West and, and two, just, you know, continue to just look over at the university of Utah and, and with a lot of pride at, at what was built there you know, from a community perspective and the support that, that the community brings to those players and, and the program is, is just amazing. Absolutely. And, and sort of the other thing you're doing this summer that I wanted to talk about is, is you were named to the, the sixes roster for the USA. And so this is a, this is going to be a, a tournament that's going to be in the middle of July in, in Alabama. And you'll be playing the sixes game, which of course is the style that is going to be, you know, trialed in, in the Olympics. What talk about just sort of what the process was to get on that team, but then you know just just how excited you are to to be part of that. It, it's been really special for me, you know, to be a part of this new format and and have the chance to represent USA is is, is something that you know has always been something that I've been inspired to do. In the process, they've had a number of of different sort of mini training camps. You know, it was lucky enough to, to be invited to go play this past summer in, in Lake Placid. I had a great experience there. I'd, I'd never had the opportunity to go to Lake Placid. And for anyone here in Utah who ever has the chance, it's, you know, I, I, I like to compare it to, to the Vail lacrosse tournament out here in the Mountain West. It's, it's just one of those special cultural events where people just flock to yearly for, for decades and to showcase that, that format of the game. And, um, you know, play against some of my peers during the summer. It, it was certainly, you know, you certainly, I think even the coaches are, are learning on the fly and the best way to play it. It's just not a game that you're going to have a lot of control over. You know, I think a lot of the impact of the game is, is shooting efficiency and, and goaltending. And to be the goalie, it almost feels like there's less pressure in the game because you're going to get – Goals rung up on you, similar to playing in the PLL. I've, I've always really enjoyed playing pro lacrosse because the shots are coming at you, you know, every minute rather than, you know, prior to the shot clock. When I played in college, it was some teams would hold the ball three, four, five minutes before even taking a shot. And so the high octane speed of the, of the game, the amount of shots that you're seeing really fits my style well. I, I base a lot of my play on just pure athleticism and, and at this point, now at my age, a, a lot of wisdom and just trying to combine those things and making reads and just reacting and staying present is, is what I've been working on for, you know, two decades. And uh, the opportunity to represent 
USA and the sport. Uh, I think even the sport mostly, you know, because it's offering such a opportunity globally, a big bid opportunity. And just, you know, the fact that, that most, if not all countries that are inspired to play the game can, can play six. It doesn't take as many players, as much equipment costs, you know, you, you can play, you can play, you can suit out a team with, with 10 guys, you know, and, and that's going to allow for more countries to be able to compete at a, at a sort of global level. And, you know, I'm thankful to Coach Andy Shea, Bobby Benson, Tony Resch, the, the, the coaches of, of the Sixers team for, for giving me the shot. And it's going to be an amazing experience to go down to, to Birmingham. It's holy cow. I, I think I'm going to have to spend a lot of time in doing hot yoga in preparation. <laughs> you know, I don't think you're going to find a more humid place in the middle of July to play the game. So, which is always good because for a position that's probably going to get hit a lot, the warmer you are, the less it hurts. So um, there'll okay. be some benefits to the heat. And, and, you know, for those listening who may not know, you did play in Atlanta in the MLL. Yes. So that was hot in the summer, right? Similar oh, conditions? Yeah. yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's, you've had, you have four pairs of socks ready. You've got two pairs of gloves. <laughs> you know, by the, end, by the end of the first half, you're, you're not wearing your undershirt anymore. And, you know, maybe even an extra pair of cleats. So certainly have the experience in the heat. And, uh, Excited to, to get down to Alabama again, another place that who knows the impact that this could have on, on a place that, you know, has, has kind of been waiting for something like this to have the opportunity to see the game and, and meet players and have their, all their young athletes who are playing lacrosse, see the game, playing at this, at this speed. And again, I think you just look at some of these places that, that have these events go, go on. You, you hope in five to 10 years that there's, it kind of bubbles up and, and helps the, the sport grow in those areas so it's gonna be cool to be in Alabama and never been so uh one in the United States we can bring the sport and check off the list and and I should mention that the same the same tournament is happening on the women's side as well so an opportunity to see uh both genders playing sixes which you know I'm just really looking forward to it should be a fun event but let's switch gears to sort of the off the field stuff you know beyond summit and and the links you're also part of two organizations that I wanted to touch on real quick one is the Give Go Fund, and, and then the other is the Relax Sports Company. Talk about those two companies and, and sort of their differences and, and what they're doing for the lacrosse community. For sure. You know, uh, the, the Give and Go Foundation is, has, you know, really been operating for, for almost five years now. Uh, it, it was really sparked. I had the opportunity to, to do some service trips. I, I had been to Jamaica with an organization called Fields of Growth and and then opportunity uh, in 2015-16 to go to Nicaragua with, with Lacrosse the Nations, another organization that, that supports the game in, in sort of underserved areas in South America. And I was visiting down there and, and doing volunteer work with Scott Ratliff, as you know, as one of my best friends and a teammate of mine over the past decade. And we just felt like after, after leaving Nicaragua that something that universal and global scale that that we could really help a lot of programs and using our our platform as pro lacrosse players to to sort of market what we're trying to do and and spread the word in, in our in our hopes to grow the game something really amazing for us we've had the opportunity to, to travel the world and, and meet players and inspire lacrosse enthusiasts from 
from Thailand to Portugal to Argentina, it's, it's been a life changing experience. And, you know, what, what we love about it is, is, is the true impact of, of what we're able to do. Uh, we actively fundraise for, for the lacrosse community underserved programs across the country. You know, the pandemic certainly impacted the, the direct travel component of what we do, but we, we were able to, to do some, some indirect pivoting. We're now also fundraising for individual programs, any, any program, whether domestic or, or international, even Utah Summit can open up a fundraising through us and have us act as a 501c3 and they can fundraise directly to their program, which has been really great. You know, we've been working with a number of programs on offering that service and something that we feel like we could do more of, uh, even for, you know, high schools and, and club programs and, you know, anyone that, that needs some financial assistance can, can utilize as, us as a 501c3 to fundraise for their programs and allow for tax deductions for, for people who are generous enough to, to provide funds for, for those programs. And we've also, we've also expanded to offering scholarships. Uh, we just reopened our applications for the Kyle Harrison Scholarship, uh, which is a scholarship for student athletes. Uh, lacrosse player of color and we've also been working with turtle island lacrosse which is run by randy staff and we offer scholarships for for native american players as well and you know that's really really something that we're we're thankful to be able to do to provide opportunities for players who who may not have the financial backing to to maybe go to a recruiting event or play for for a team that that they want to join or even you know pay for the jersey that they need to, to play during the season, you know, and we've helped a number of programs, you know, we helped Nicaragua get to a sixes event, which helped them qualify for the world games. We're working to, to help Uganda raise funds to get to the U21 games in Ireland. And it's just a number of different projects that, that, that come through to us, but just always a blast to meet the people associated with these programs and, and hoping to continue to do more. Uh, earlier, just having the opportunity to step away from, you know, the University of Utah has afforded me more time to focus on some of these projects that I've planted the seed on and, and want to continue to do more. So, again, for more information, just check out any of our social media platforms, GiveGoFund or GiveGoFund.com. Uh, you can learn a lot about what we're doing and, and our active initiatives and, and get involved. So, you know, I think that. The, the Give and Go Foundation and my experience with String King really sort of melded together into what now Relax Sports Company is. And, you know, very thankful to have a great partner in that business. Colton Rasmussen, my partner with Relax Sports, was the other, the original idea for, for the head that we're, that we're selling right now. You know, our, our goal with, with this company is to not only provide social impact for every head that we sell, for every stick that we sell, moving, donating one to these underserved programs. So we're able to work together with the Give and Go Foundation to provide these sticks to, to different programs. We've, we've donated sticks all over the U.S. to programs like Denver City Lacrosse, Harlem Lacrosse. We've, we've sent heads to Detroit. And we're looking for more and more programs to, to support in that way. And when customers purchase our heads, they're 
they're directly impacting these programs. Uh, you buy ahead, we're allocating one for these donations and customers can even uh, let us know when they check out, if there's a specific program that they want that head to go to, they can let us know. And that'll help our database growth and getting to know more and more of these organizations that we can help. You know, and then another really exciting part of what we're doing is, is really focusing on environmental sustainability. Uh, we're actively collecting broken lacrosse heads and shafts that we are going to repurpose back into the plastic that we will then plat inject into our mold to make new heads, which is allowing us to now recycle broken heads and sticks that, that you know, talking to people all over the country that people really don't know what to, what to do with, you know? I don't even think some companies are, are asking for them back when, when you let them know and you're, you're looking for the warranty. So a lot of these sticks are just sitting around and, and collecting dust. And we feel like we can, we can repurpose them and, and reutilize that plastic to make new lacrosse sticks. And so the combination of the social impact and the environmental sustainability in one company is, is something I'm really proud of. And we feel like we're just getting started. Uh, we're about, you know, a year in from having our first product, we're going to be hoping to push towards developing an, you know, it, an extended product line. We're we're coming out with new heads. We're actively fundraising our first seed round. So any of you investors out there, please reach out. We have we have a great offering for for our next round of fundraising, and that's going to allow us just to do more and again uh, expand our product line. You know increase our staff and, and start really uh, marketing this thing all over the country and, and worldwide to, to really make a true impact. Uh, and we're really excited about that. And, and that website is relaxsportsco.com and, yes. and gets you hit on a couple of things there that, that I wanted to talk about. And so, so just first of all, these are heads that are made in the U S correct? Yes. Uh, they're manufactured in, in the U S in Boulder, Colorado at a fully sustainable manufacturing plant. But it's, it's all run by solar power, zero waste. So again, the, the, the manufacturing process is, is fully sustainable to, to the nth degree, which again has been since day one, been a big part of, of us developing these products. And, and the cool part for me is, is so, my family actually has background in, in the injection molding process in, in that whole thing. My, my great grandpa started it with my grandpa after World War II. So I'm very familiar with the process of recycling plastic and, and creating new molds and all that. And, and what you're doing, I don't know if people will understand this. And so I kind of want to drive it home, but the fact that you can send in an old head that then gets recycled into a new head is something that no other company is doing and, or probably even wants to do. Right. And, and because you're made in the USA, you can actually do that where think about it. You know, if, if you had to, if, if some other company was offering this, they would have to send those heads then overseas. And then, you know, once the head's made, it's, it's coming back, you know, and so just a lot of, of, of waste in that process. And so the fact that someone can send you an old head, it's, it's ground down in these big grinders, which is allowed a process, but you know, then, then made into new heads is just something that's really, really cool. And, and, you know, that's it's something that's very revolutionary and, and, and something that, you know, is going to be exciting to follow moving forward. Yeah, we're, we're, we're so excited to start that, that full sort of upcycling process. And 
you can you can send us these heads today you know and all that information is is live on our, on our website you can find out all that information and excited to just continue to get that word out there right i think it's just it's more about knowing that it's possible and the great thing about it too is if you send us one head you get a 10 percent discount on on one of our heads up to 50 percent off for for our relax sports head so if you send us five you, you end up buying a head from us for 50% off. And, and that price point is already lower than, than most lacrosse heads or products that, that you'll see out there. So very proud of that. Again, you know, it's for us, it's certainly we, we, we want to put out the best products, but the impact that we can have lowering the barrier of entry as best we can and, you know, providing social impact and helping the environment is, is something that, uh, we're, we're really excited to just continue to do. And we feel like we're, we're right on the forefront of, of really hitting our stride as a company and appreciate you uh, giving me the time to talk about it because it is something I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah. You know, I, I ran into you at the, the Bountiful Bingham game and, and, you know, hadn't seen you in a couple months and asked what you're up to. And then I was like, Oh man, he'd be a great podcast guest. To talk about <laughs> all these different things that he's involved in. So my next question is Gibbs, what's, what's, what's in the future? What does the future hold? What, what are you working on now that that we should look forward to? Oof, I think I got my <laughs> hands full enough with with everything we <laughs> talked about. Um, I, I would like to touch on though, which I think is a great value to the state of Utah and the surrounding areas is is lax film study. This has been yep. sort of a you know a coach a coach nerd thing that I've been working on for the past two three years. You know, again for for anyone listening, I just feel like players should should really understand and, and appreciate those who came before them in any sport. And, you know, over the past two, three years, I've archived and, and collected over 150 of the most classic lacrosse games in our history into sort of one database. And I've broken the game down into, geez, almost 350 skill components, whether that just be attack skill or dodging ability or you know, offensive vision or sliding on defense or clearing or goalie play, et cetera. It's a really, really cool resource considering uh, that most of the generations of players that we're coaching are very visual learners. Uh, so it offers the opportunity for a player to go in at any position and, and really look at the different, different skill sets of their position and watch some of the greatest players to ever play their position doing whether it's a fundamental thing or a high level skill, you know, now players can go on this, on this resource and, and watch this stuff and go out in the backyard and try, you know, a Lyle Thompson move that he executes on, on the Island and things like that. You know, it's a really great, great resource. I think if anything, I hope that most of not anyone listening who, who's a lacrosse enthusiast will follow us on social media it's lax film study. Again, just try trying to put out a few posts every day of just cool, insightful things about the game that that I really like to showcase and and hopefully will help players and coaches continue to just, you know, see the game at the next level. It's something that I that I love to do. It's it's sort of a side project, but something really fun that I think is a great resource for for players and coaches all over the world. And and you know, I've got it pulled up here on my computer, watching on, on Twitter. I'm watching 
uh, Dave Petromala just dominates uh, <laughs> in, the, in this John Hopkins games from, you know, when would that have been? The 80s. Yeah. You know, and I, I can't help but notice the painted crease. When When is that making a comeback? I think a lot of people have, have brought that up, that yellow <laughs> crease, you know, uh-huh. especially with, with the dive rule and everything. It makes sense, you know, just having a different color, contrast of color with, with all the kids who wear white cleats and, and black cleats maybe make it a little bit easier to see if someone was stepping in, in the goal. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's a, it's a cool little visual component to the back in 1989 uh, when Hopkins was making their run. And again, you know, that's what's, that's what's really special. I'm sure a lot of players and coaches know and understand that, that Dave Petromala was the greatest defenseman of all time, but you can actually watch him. You can actually mm-hmm. see him right. play, you know, right. and I thought that was, to me, that was what was always and still always is the thrill of doing this. The amount of just, you know, I get to watch Casey Powell and Roy Colsey and John Hess and, you know, guys that you always heard about their legendary performances in the Final Four and then to actually go watch is something that's really, really a special part of learning about the game and, and falling in love with it, in my opinion, is just really respecting those that came before you and, I'm now also going into all the 2022 games and, and cutting them up. So for anyone who's just a, a modern lacrosse fan, there's all that. You can watch Connor Schellenberger and Chris Gray and Denver, Georgetown, you know, all the top teams playing. Our boy Bubba Fairman at Maryland and then the Terps. So uh, it's it's a really cool thing. Currently watching Brennan O'Neill just, just... – <laughs> unleashing bombs from the outside on a man up play. So that's right. what I'm watching now. Yeah. Good you know, stuff. What it, what's cool too, is I, I'll put in like a cool offensive play, you know, and if you're a coach and you're looking to spice up your offense, just watch it five or six times and, and draw the play out. And, and then all of a sudden you got a, you got a new addition to your playbook that, that, you know, Matt Donowski and John Donowski are running at Duke, you know, and if it's working for them, and, it could work for, <laughs> for anyone. <laughs> Right. They put in all the hours of trial and error, right, for you to benefit from. So definitely, definitely put it in your playbook. I love it. Gitz, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I, I really appreciate it. And, and you've got a bunch going on, and I'll, set, I'll put links to all of it in the post. And, and I, I just want to thank you for your time. I know it's valuable and, and uh, really appreciate all you're doing for the, the lacrosse community in Utah. You know, there was there was a time gets where honestly we didn't know, you know, if you were going to move or, or stay, and and we're definitely the benefit from that, and and want you to stay as as long as possible, and, and hope you do. So, thanks again, I appreciate yeah. it, and we'll see you on the sidelines. Appreciate you, Tim, and and for anyone listening, I hope you all understand how how important Tim Haslam is to the Utah lacrosse community. He's, he's the day one leader of of everything here, and continue to to support the game and how much you love it, Tim, and how much you're, you're there for the game and, and everyone in the community is, is something that, you know, every great lacrosse community hopes to have someone like you. And thanks again for having me and always a pleasure to chat. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you uh, real soon on the sidelines at next Utah game or, or at a high school game uh, this coming through the rest of the spring. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks again, Gets. Appreciate uh, it. Thanks so much.